I'm gonna take a piss. Yeah, go ahead. And then I'll I'll do a I'll do a oh no you'll do the the yeah. the cucky cucky O'Hare and the oh. Chode Wars. Oh boy. <laughs> Piss boy gets to be. Piss boy gets to do it in the toilet. Piss boy gets to. Goes in his wet bathroom. Do you think he'd be mad if we use that as the cold open? We'll use something from that. I gets to do it in the toilet. I want to just like make a whole song and do a remix. I hope we're a return to burning coal. Everybody, welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. I don't know what time it is. That's how podcasts work. It's Saturday morning, Tuesdays. The adult podcast about children's cartoons. And I'm Andy. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. And I want you to just, you know, feel feel uh, you know feel around and just sort of scrape some of that grime off. You know, just like <laughs> find find the corners you didn't clean lately. Is it all of the corners? Maybe find find that grime because we're all just nasty, filthy little filthy little boys today. Filthy little critters. I'm a and I'm from the moon, maybe, and I'm like a moon ferret. I'm a moon ferret, and I'm covered in filth. I'm a filthy little, filthy little boy. Y'all, y'all. This is good stuff. Keep going. Andy. <laughs> we're, we're Rory and Austin. We're with Andy. And he's doing a whole, a whole new like sex play that he's forced us to participate in, where he's the dirty ferret. Scrape my and, we, and we've just got to clean it. I clean me, <laughs> clean me up. Daddy. No, no. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll play in the space. I'm all, I'm all the Muppets from space. I'm. Oh, I'm but you're dirty from this space. Time. I'm the movie Muppets from space, and I'm. And a, how grimy are you? And I'm moderate amount of grimy. I've got some sludge in the corner. I'm like a VHS tape of Muppets from space. Uh huh. From uh-huh. the thrift store. And the clamshell has maybe some like old ketchup speaking on it. Of, or something. Oh, speaking yeah, of the of thrift store, shells? I'm a moth. I'm a dirty butterfly, a dirty, ugly butterfly. <laughs> and I just eat your clothes. <laughs> Moths are just butterflies with dirt on them. They're just dirty butterflies. They eat clothes. <laughs> yeah, they eat your clothes. <laughs> yeah, they're hungry. They get that, that clothes hunger when they get dirty enough. And then they're like, oh shit, rayon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we're we're just a bunch we're a bunch of space critters covered in filth because we uh you know we decided we decided to watch a couple cartoons today with maybe something a little in common with today's theme because we're watching Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars and the biker mice from Mars. Now I do like the fact that you said Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars as if that would somehow clarify anything about the content <laughs> well doesn't he just show. sound like a dirty like a filthy little filthy little rodent <laughs> i mean he is but but also the toads are very filthy the toads are gross yes but <laughs> both of these shows are about animals from space 
and they're nasty. So. Yeah, and usually animals that I would say need a controlled population. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, Varmints? They're, these Nuisance <sighs> animals? <laughs> yeah, the FDA qualifies them as nuisance animals, uh, not for eating. But we sure, we sure, uh, we sure try. I, I so these shows, I think, if I'm not completely mistaken, came out like very similar times. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they that feel time cut was, from the same cloth. That time was after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, <laughs> and before yeah, cartoons got good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's 1991 for Bucky O'Hare and 1993 for Biker Mice from Mars. Um, God, yeah, they're they're really something. <laughs> yeah, and like this is also now we've covered a lot of similar, and and we'll we'll talk a little more. Initially, I, I thought maybe a trend was that these were both Ninja Turtles knockoffs, or or at least they were Ninja Turtles inspired. However, after watching Bucky, and again, we will discuss it, but it's not mm-hmm. is really the case um, with Bucky. Um, although but it I, I would argue super that maybe, is for Mike or Mice. Yes, I would argue that maybe even the marketing Bucky Bucky had been a property since the 70s. And yeah, it's uh, a comic, I think, right? Yeah, it was a comic yeah. in the mid 80s. But I would probably assume that they dusted off the Bucky O'Hare property as soon as, you know, as soon as uh, dirty animals got hot, yeah. As soon as dirty animals, were, <laughs> you know, action, dirty action animals, uh, uh, really stole the spotlight for a while in the late '80s, early '90s. Um, and I'm even curious about um, about biker mice from Mars. They were so obvious about it. I'm almost curious if this is going to be sub subversive. Might be over generous, but like <laughs> to. To pull away from the established, uh, you know, uh, cloniness of it. Yeah. Because it seems like they want to do something different. Um, uh, but then at the same time, they they just they hit so many of the same beats. They establish. Well, these guys are dirtier. They make it. They're a lot dirtier than the Ninja Turtles. Even though Ninja Turtles live in the sewer, they're pretty clean turtles. They're pretty clean sewer turtles. Yeah. These guys are Dirty fucking space rats. <laughs> yeah, the the thing I will, I I don't I feel like with biker mice, I don't want to give it almost any credit, really. <laughs> um, but it feels like they were really just drawing out of a hat all of the elements that hadn't been done yet by everybody else. I thought else. it was funny. Here's a compliment for Biker Mice from Mars. I thought it was funny how obsessed with how hot their abs are. All of them are just like, we're so hot. with our. We've all got abs and we all take our shirts off and we're hot. And, they, <laughs> and they're rats and they're space rats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's I got a chuckle out of them being like, but but have you seen my abs? When they're asking the April O'Neil clone, like, check out my abs though. I'm a I'm a hot, I'm a fucking hot mouse, babe. You would be so lucky. You would be so lucky to be with me. As he's like, <laughs> as he's like flexing his robot arm that was ripped off in their in their sort of like corpo wars on Mars. <laughs> yeah. I thought it had yeah. I thought it had I thought it had legs. Yeah. And it, I mean, even if it's missing an arm. Uh I, I want to, my, my, my memories are interesting of this because I, I, of course, I definitely caught a little bit of Biker Mice on TV when it was airing because it was just in it amongst everything else you would watch. But I, I did not watch Bucky, but no. what I did, the context I did have for both of them is 
there was a, a, a small non-blockbuster like video and video game rental place uh, that was like near where I lived as a very small child. And walking through and looking at all of the like NES and Super NES carts, the there's a I believe there was an NES Bucky game and a Super NES Biker Mice game. But I remember being a kid and like these these designs are very bright and eye catchy. And I yeah, I never rented them because we did not have a Super Nintendo and the NES was gone by the time I was playing video games. But but. as far as I know, yeah, they both had games that were by all accounts better than the shows. (laughs) Right. Maybe. Like a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. They made a yeah, show. Bucky O'Hare, the game. So Bucky O'Hare, now I'm unclear exactly because th- if this dates back to the 70s or did you say mid 80s is when the cartoon the came or when the comics first started? appeared in 1977, the same year that Star Wars came out. Okay. Uh, and then the comic fully launched in like mid 80s. Okay. So the reason I mentioned is because I got major Star Fox vibes from this, but does this predate Star Fox it or does. the original it, it Star does. Fox content? Yes. Yeah. So okay. Star Fox maybe is referencing Bucky O'Hare. Okay. Okay. It's possible. It's very possible. Uh, one thing I want to point out uh, before we leave this intro segment, um, I I really need y'all to know this. Biker Mice from Mars was created by a man named Rick Unger, who when you click on him, you normally like any of these cartoons. I normally expect to see like an animator's Wikipedia page, right? Or like somebody like a producer or somebody who works in the industry. You click on Rick Unger and it says Rick Unger is the host of the Rick Unger show, a two hour political and news commentary radio show. Unger is also the editor in chief of the daily centrist website. Oh, <laughs> I love, I love this shit. No, this gets me hard. Um, I am so obsessed with like, with like pirate radio conservatives, just these fucking tinfoil weirdos in the the Nevada desert talking about how, talking about race wars and talking about how, how the, how the Martians are going to take your, take your apples away. Oh, these are my favorite people in the world. Yeah. So Biker Mice from Mars comes from the mind of Rick Unger, the daily centrist editor. I'm, I'm not surprised, honestly. I can I can see uh, I can see a, a through line. It's just I don't know that just tickled me. I mean Bucky O'Hare, whatever. It's comics. One of the one of the guys who created the character Bucky also co-created Rogue, which is like okay, cool. You worked for comics and stuff. They have comic pedigrees. I just love that this guy was like, I made Biker Mice from Mars, and now I do this. Well, I think he tried to get it going again in the like mid two thousands. I feel like there's like a two thousand seven well, yeah, like, they attempted did a, reboot, yeah. like a season. Uh, yeah, four. it wasn't a reboot. Yeah, it was it was a continuation. Which I remember happening. I do. And I was like, Really? But I wasn't, you know, obviously I'd never seen the original stuff, so I had no like <laughs> and I had no holds to 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 get me in. Uh and I, I don't think it did very well. But uh, no, I, I don't think so because again, it, it is at best, a deeply derivative product that. <laughs> well, uh, what if we, what if we, let's get into the meat. Let's get into the meat. Let's get into the um, slime. Get into the sludge. Biker mice from Mars. Biker mice from Mars. Biker mice from Mars.
hey, dirt balls and slime bags, <laughs> grease, gr- grease donkeys and horse manures. <laughs> grease donkeys. <laughs> I had a grease donkey once. <laughs> All right, so we did. We did the first episode of both these shows, but the first episode of Biker Mice from Mars is called Rock and Ride. Uh, after their planet Mars is mm. taken by humanoid fish aliens, Plutarchians, to plunder its resources, three warrior biker mice, Throttle, Moto, and Vinny, and my cousin Vinny, <laughs> escape to Chicago Earth. Chicago, Chicago Earth is Earth. very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but Plutarchians, masked as businessmen, are already plundering it. Chicago Earth is so funny. So it's very funny. And so, yeah, so this one had a strong environmentalist bent. And that's what I that's what I like about these weird fringe, like, you know, eco-libertarians. You never you can never pin them down. They love that they love <laughs> hugging trees and they love smoking weed. And they love and they love it when and they love it when they pay no taxes. <laughs> <laughs> they love they love being a what a sovereign citizen. Yes, yeah, the fire department citizen. man. They love it when they when they don't fund public schools <laughs> or pay for parks. Oh, they you, love it so much. Oh, you for, know they the love biker trees, mice. but they do not want to pay for a park. No, 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 no. The biker mice definitely don't pay taxes. By the way, that's no, for they sure. do not pay taxes. <laughs> they, no. they, it takes three mice to power their spaceship, and it's and, it, and their spaceship has three captains' chairs, <laughs> but they're bi- but they're but they're but they're uh, what do you call those fucking the the monkey bars? Is that they are? Those yeah. those big those big silly handlebars on oh on the some, big like Harley the, handles or whatever yeah, yeah you have to put you have to mod them on where they sit they're way above your head right yeah I, exactly. I don't know anything about motorcycles so Biker, yeah you will not get an answer from me I feel like it's monkey something but it's, <laughs> it's too dangerous to guess <laughs> yeah I I the, everything about this cartoon is so. I don't know. Like they think it's like they think you're already on board and they're like, right? Isn't this dope? Like, like they don't have to work to make you think it's dope. They're just like, yeah. this is dope. And we all know. They just, we and, got them already. We've got them in the and, bag. They know this is, is cool. It? But do they? I, I, because... it's not. This might be a spicy episode. <laughs> I hated everything about Biker Mice from Mars. I had a horrible time watching this. <laughs> Which is bizarre because I went in to both of these episodes or both these shows thinking that I was going to hate Bucky O'Hare and enjoy maybe well, you know, tolerate Biker Mice from Mars. Uh, but I, I loved Bucky and, uh, I deeply disliked Biker Mice from Mars. Uh, all of it, all of it. Just okay. The- so, so let's, let's get into it. Here's the things I like about Biker Mice from Mars. So the fact that these, so the, the, the biker stick is, old from the first second when they yeah. when they drive their spaceship by being a motorcycle gang that was already stupid so let's get that out of the way <laughs> yeah. the whole biker stick doesn't work what works for mm-hmm. me i love the plutarchians these gross fish aliens mm-hmm. i love that they're like these greedy corpos trying to trying to trying to destroy the planet i love that they're trying to destroy earth the same way and they're this sort of i don't love it when they let real people off the hook and like all the uh-huh. bad people on Earth are Plutarchians. Mm-hmm. I did think it was funny yeah, that they're they all just Detro- wearing like Scooby Doo villain masks. Oh, you're I, a Plutarchian. I did think it was funny that they thought Detroit was too dirty. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. they're like, we never yeah. win a ground war in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I liked, like I said, I liked how upset, I liked how, how intentionally they tried. Now it doesn't work, but that's, that's what, what, that was the charm for me. <laughs> I love how intentionally they were trying to make these like really fuckable mice monsters. <laughs> They, they wanted them to be hot, and they're always like hugging and rubbing their abs together, and calling everybody sweetheart, <laughs> flirting with the they, earth women. They, they put, they tried to put so much sex appeal into this show that it, it kind of wound up being endearing to me. <laughs> the Mike, the especially as one of them has, like, and one packs. of them had half it. One of them had his face blown off by the Plutarchians, and he's like, "Yeah, but look how good the rest is, baby." <laughs> <laughs> Can I read you a couple YouTube comments for this episode? Because please, I love <laughs> one of my first fictional crushes. Animation's fantastic. I love the music. Oh my gods! I had such a crush on Throttle when I was little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was the point we truly peaked as a species. It doesn't get better than this. A masterpiece. Okay. So, so some. I have to reach a little bit for the for the compliment sandwich here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No, I'm, I mean I'm generally positive on the show. I like I like the camaraderie of these mice. They're like old war buddies, and they're nice to each other, and they sing together, and they rub their abs together. Yeah, they make Duke of Earl references together. They make Duke of references together. <laughs> so great. Talk about your slippery customers. <laughs> yeah, they could call them the Duke of Oil. <laughs> Duke, 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 Duke of oil, 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 Guys, 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 you're off key. I like that they're all horny for Earth babes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I like that they call people citizen. Um, I like that because they're bikers. They're supposed to be outlaws. And they're like, yeah. don't worry, citizen. We're here to save the day. We're yeah. the good guys. You're I like, mean, there's just such a weird mismatch with how they is. behave, and and it doesn't feel intentional. It feels no, it doesn't incompetent. It no, feels... and that's what I <laughs> I reference that this one hits the hits for me. It hits the the uh, the horizon line for where for where trash becomes tasty. I started to yes. enjoy how I started to enjoy the sour the sour notes. In this show. <laughs> like when you start like to a like fine a blue wine. cheese, you're like, oh, I do like this. Oh, I've had it too much. And now and now my <laughs> gut and my gut biology has shifted. And now <laughs> I like programmed it. my digestive system. <laughs> 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 I mean, we've already done that at this point through our five yeah. plus years of yeah, eating, eating shit sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's up anymore. But no. I don't know that that's true, to be honest. I don't know what I would have it said didn't work I for hated. me. I don't know what I would have said before we started this podcast. Uh, I I I don't like this, and as I've and as I've adjusted, come to find other things. I, but who knows? You never know what you wouldn't. You know how would you know? Right. It's a time trial. It's a time paradox. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real twelve monkeys situation. I'm uh, <laughs> now. Let's not talk about twelve monkeys. Let's talk about three mice. Um, <laughs> these these guys are baffling to me where uh, you know i mean this is the frustration i have with the theming of of it all you have three characters who are theoretically fish out of water and they're on their mice okay i get it but uh, uh-huh. they they do not live on earth they're, they haven't been to earth presumably right um and they come to earth sort of with a, a real sort of big whoop about it and they are pre-programmed with all of your fun 
Earth pop culture references uh-huh. ready yep. to go. They make um, a Beatles reference. They do the Duke of Earl. They've they, got a uh, Grey Poupon joke. Pardon me. Um, have you any Grey Poupon? Just you have any Grey Poupon? Get out of town with like, this shit. Like it is. It, oh, I, I mean, did I love it. I hate it. I hate hearing it and seeing it. <laughs> but the idea that they are recycling these old existing jokes without any kind of like. You know, I, I mean, it's the only way they can do it. I guess it kind of works, they, right? Where these, where these moon men are just no. like, <laughs> are just hand, uh, just unintentional, not unintentional, but like they're just making these these awful references without context, without without any awareness to the audience. They're just, it's like every other cartoon we've seen where they're doing this, where they're just jamming in shtick. But these guys are supposed to be. Um, it's in the title. You know, I mean, the fact that it's in yeah. the title that they are from Mars and yeah. no part of them is is uniquely Martian in any way. In in and there's nothing no, different mice. about there's nothing different about their motorcycles except that they're kind of a little dope. They don't they're not like weird Martian motors. They're, they're they're fucking Earth motorcycles. They showed up with Earth biker culture that I guess independently spawned on Mars too. <laughs> and all <laughs> so and funny. all American pop culture references. It's yeah. It's, uh, there's there's Austin, no like oh how do you do open, things on Earth I can't I can't let it go it's so open dumb your to heart me. a little open your heart a little Austin let you know they've been through so much they, mice right on in the <laughs> God it's and the, the 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 problem is that they can do jokes I I don't mind it when like sometimes you have like a fantasy show in a different fantasy world and earth doesn't exist and they're like making pop culture references like you know it's fine i get that's the vibe of your show but when you specifically say these are they are not from earth they are from mars and now they are on earth and they just know about gray poupon commercials (laughs) but they don't justify that they've seen like the earth i mean like if they had gotten it could have been so much better if they had gotten like weird transmissions from earth and had like an un an incomplete knowledge of uh-huh. You know, of, of Austin, culture, you used right? to be cool. You used to be God. cool. <laughs> I want to Now your 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 obsession with world building, Daddy Hasbro, has ruined you for me. I I just there's a line where they say, "And who's gonna make me wrench face? Who's gonna make me? <laughs> who's gonna make me? Is my middle name." I love that line. <laughs> it's so funny. What does it mean? <laughs> it's not. It's nothing. It's everything. It's his middle name. He told you. He's <laughs> gonna make me as my middle name, Austin. The April O'Neil character's name is Charlie Davidson. Her oh. name's Charlie Davidson, Austin. Oh God, it's so funny. I just learned that now. I'm learning this as we speak. Charlene Charlie Davidson. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know when they shouted her to like, "Hey, don't break a nail, toots." It's like, God, yeah, they I suck. Mean, they're yeah, they've got some machismo bullshit going on, but yeah, you but know, they also fuck each other. For- they're so hot, <laughs> so hot. Wait, can I do a little segment? Just okay. a really quick one. Yeah, this is this isn't necessarily going to be a repeating one. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. This is this is great. I'm sharing my screen right now with some pretty spicy stuff. I want you to know. That there is a wildly robust oh, oh, Rule Thirty Four 
community uh, based around Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> oh no! Jesus. The artists go ham on these boys. It's a and- full. It's a full penis. We're looking at a full <laughs> mouse, mouse penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and with full with with the with the, uh, the different foreskin anatomy is is, in, is present. Yeah, so the furry art uh, community continues to to make a lot of really uh, real like just a lot of art, and I. I did awaken something in somebody. I don't like that this is signed Roar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Rory, did you? No, so I had to to go to page, I think, 10 before I saw that human woman as a part of any of these pieces of art. It's just all the mice, and it's mostly the the dudes, and it's a lot of abs. And I just wanted you to know the Rule 34 community has not forgotten about this show. Uh. And it's pretty good art, all things considered. Well, I will never forget what you've shown me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just having I'm having such a good time. I don't know if Austin's upset vibes has has enhanced it for me somehow, but I'm I really I really did uh enjoy the trash, even uh, not as much as I could trash. have, probably. I probably no. could have enjoyed it more. I think there's it's it's Look, messy. It's t- definitely messy. Now we have now we have a barometer we can we can reference at a moment's notice. I'm gonna pull up our ranking list. I'm gonna take <laughs> oh. where I put it. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna I'm gonna live rate this show. Uh, <laughs> oh, you can't you can't allow that. Okay, I would put this above. Look, if I'm, it gets a little <laughs> tricky here towards the top of middle tier, but I think I can confidently put it above Bionic Six. Oh. <laughs> Oh man! See, this is, I'm not, this is fully this is fully bottom uh, tier. This is fully above, bottom tier for me. I, w- this is, I would I could go above Spider Woman if I'm honest, right below Mumesa. I could too. That's from Austin. I'm sorry. I won't. It's delicious. I won't stand by it. Delicious. Oh, it's just a fatty. It's just a fatty piece of pork belly, man. You've just got to you just got to get into it on that chicharron. This feels like bullying at this point. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll tell. We'll, we'll, next segment, Rory will feel targeted. So it's I fine. didn't hate it that much. I just didn't get it. I didn't vibe with it. So okay, so I don't. I don't really think we need to walk through the plot of this episode. Uh, it's it's you know they arrive, they meet a a, a mechanic, an lady, April O'Neil type. Yeah, they end up living with her at the end of the episode. As well, no, they're going to live in the broken scoreboard at the Chicago baseball field. Right. Because nobody would ever look <laughs> so for them funny. there. <laughs> well, no, it's not nobody would ever look for them. It's just the just Mr. The Plutarchians. Yeah, Mr. Limburger. Limburger, Mr. Limburger. The oh yeah, the, remember because cheese and mice. Yeah, it's so great. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> He's got a goon. Can we talk about his goon really quick? Because I don't know what his name is, but the goon that works for Limburger is always covered in oil. An oil guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's an he's oil. An oil he's man. an oil man. <laughs> I've abandoned my boy. Which one had the creepy space doctor? Was that Bucky? That had, no, that, that was, was also uh, this. No, that was this one. This carbuncle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Car-buncle. Okay. So the do- the doctor who makes this weird mutant out of he out makes of, a like, he makes a turn of waste type. parts. Yeah. He makes an Arnold Schwarzenegger reference. Yep. That they keep making. Yep. The exterminator. And uh, yep, that that's super good. And he definitely dies in a vat of something and does the Terminator oil. death. It's oil again, and then he, it's oil again. Yeah, he says, "I'll be back" because uh, that's that's, that's what that's, that's what the funny. Arnold says. Yeah, I'll be back. 
Yeah. Well, don't forget to write. But what if he will be back? He might. You never he know. Might. They probably will um, bring him back. They made three seasons, four, I guess, if you count the. Well, they got to the 65 magic number is what yeah. they did. Yeah. So um, I, I, the vehicle segments are where it lost me. I wasn't, I was enjoying the stupid the nonsense and the cool. dumb dialogue. I don't like them. It's, it's, it's just weird. They get in like the goons, the goons get in what I was describing in my head as goon buggies. Um, mm, that'd be funny if they if they use that. They, they could have used that. It would have been really good. Uh, but they're these they get in a bunch of dune buggies, uh, goon buggies, and they, I guess, just kind of chase after the motorcycles, and they they just sort of do that, and it's not very exciting to look at. I was much more involved in when they're doing horrible dialogue. I was much more happy with that part of the episode. <laughs> so that's <laughs> the funny thing here. So the so the motorcycle is, I think. At least this biker culture motorcycle, not like a not like a little not like a little zippy do, mm-hmm. uh, is antithetical to cartoon nonsense because the motorcycle is cool when you're just <laughs> blowing down, you're just blowing down an open highway, just and then and the tableau is what you look at, right? Escaping mm-hmm. your former you're, life. Yeah. No, no, just like imagine you're watching. Imagine the the movie. The movie. You don't care about watching him turn his bike and drive mm-hmm. up a mountain like oh it's very hard you would you would not you wouldn't know but you this actually is a very difficult bike bike road he has to be very careful <laughs> no i just want to see him blowing down the open road man Route all i want dude yeah. cruising usa baby <laughs> yeah i i think that the 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 bikes at least in episode one feel kind of vestigial and i feel i know they're gonna go for kind of a swat cats vibe where they just keep putting we loved SWAT cats, <laughs> yeah, more and more like weird gadgets that the this like bike mechanic keeps adding to their bikes and stuff. I'm sure that's going to be part of it, but for now, I just don't give a shit about the bikes. What I give way more of a shit about is a thing that happens right at the very end of the episode where they're all talking about going out for hot dogs, and one of the mice extends and extends his prehensile tail to a length that was very alarming and it's like a tentacle and he uses it to pick up Charlie and put her in his motorbike from like maybe 15 feet away. He's also the one who's been flirting with her the whole time and she is not interested (laughs) and he just sort of he just sort of wrestles her into his bike uh, uh, calling her sweetheart and it's, it's so yucky. He's a Oscar the Grouch monster. That's what they all are. They're these trash creatures. And when they're gross, <laughs> it's funny. That's how I felt. I also, I, I felt like she was like way on board with all of everything that was going on. Like maybe to a ridiculous degree. She was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, let's do this. I'm just going to soup they up took, your bike. It took from Mars. zero explanation Sick. to get her on board. She was like, yeah. what the fuck are you guys doing in my garage? She's like, oh, we're biker mice. We're from Mars. Look at our abs. And she's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't, I don't think she's like, Ew, a rat's hitting on me. I think she's just like not interested. And she's like, yeah, In whatever. this particular rat. Right. Like it could be another rat, maybe, and she'd be down. <laughs> but like she's not like, ew, stop hitting on me. She's just like, I'm whatever. I'm whatever. Let's go for hot dogs. And <laughs> look, you I'll, let you take, I'll let you take me for dogs, but <laughs> Yeah. We we should drop the uh the turtles line. Um, oh, yeah, they're really on the nose, like, uh, we know what we're doing. I've just been saved by a bunch of giant gerbils? Mice, ma'am. We're mice. Mice? You were expecting turtles, maybe? 
Uh, yeah, because the show has no original content in it. It is, it is, you know, it is entirely derivative with, with a parade of reference humor standing in for its for its comedy. Oh, look it who's is, too good for reference humor! All of a sudden, <laughs> it's low effort reference humor. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It's it is very the most. Low. I'm dogging you. You're totally right. Of course. Um. Oh God, I'm trying to find it. There was another YouTube comment that was essentially like, God, that line where they said expecting turtles, it killed me. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh, it killed at first grade. It killed in my first grade classroom. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Uh, I just don't think it lived up to Beverly Cleary's source material, the mouse and the motorcycle. I just mm. don't think that it... Uh, it lived up to that classic children's book. Um, uh, yeah, no, live this, live with that. I'm live living with that. that. Mm-hmm. Y'all, did y'all read that? Did you get that at the Scholastic Book Fair like I'm, I did? I I'm familiar with so. it. Sound I, off I in the comments. I, I, if, if I, I can't say for certain now because it's conflated with the time that Stuart Little got a motorcycle. Uh, now, I can't, did he, I can't, did he I get the little car? I thought uh, I got a motorcycle. I mean, he might have got the little car. A motorcycle right. is kind of He had to wear like a helmet. A he had to wear a bike helmet. That's what I remember for sure. He had to get the ping pong ball helmet. He did. He did have to but do are, that. Or is that mouse in a car? motorcycle? Or is no. that mouse I don't know. I don't they know. Because they did a film version of Mouse on the Motorcycle. Was did his they? name Ralph? Oh, shit. Ooh, yeah, Ralph it was Ralph. Right. Yeah, Ralph was right. Ralph is the name of the mouse in Mouse on the Motorcycle. Fuck. Did they really? Film adaptation? Directed by Ron Underwood in 1986, featuring Mimi Kennedy Kennedy and Ray Walston. Wow, what the hell? I don't even think it it doesn't have its own Wikipedia page. Probably Um, not, no. Nope. Fascinating. Yeah, I had no idea. Ron Underwood directed City Slickers and Mighty Joe Young. (laughs) Oh, what a time. (laughs) And and Tremors. And Tremors. Tremors! An incredible film. Uh, you also, know, also strong desert libertarian vibes. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, on the Daily Centrist. Also, I get, I kind of get the city slickers thing too, because this whole show has this vibe of like, what dirty's cool now? Like, oh, <laughs> the teens are dirty. It's I mean, like you know, it's early nineties. It's grunge. Yep. Like, oh, the teens are dirty now. I guess we're gonna do dirty yeah, mice, garbage pail kids, and Gar- yeah. creepy crawlers. No, older and... than that. I, I was not thinking like that. Like not that young dirty. I think that's always been a fun bathroom humor. Has always been kind of attractive to little kids. I was thinking of like a slightly older audience that that used to be a little more preppy and put together. Like you know, post hippies, they sort of you know uh-huh. rubber banded. And then now the nineties and now the nineties kids are dirty again. The dirt, the dirt movement was a real sort of top to bottom (laughs) thing in the early nineties. Really, I mean, it was the kids. That's what I'm saying. Like punks were not cool early, and metalheads they were all like scary and and not like not mainstream culture at all. And then the nineties dirty got cool again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dirty got cool. Slime was everywhere. Ah, so much slime. I always thought the kids with the creepy or the yeah the creepy crawlers are the coolest, and I know it's just easy bake oven, but but but, but your unedible, spiders. but worthless. <laughs> yeah, worthless. But <laughs> it was worthless. It was cool. You the resale value on your toys. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a little cottage industry for kids churning out little creepy crawlers to sell. The Shrinky oh Dinks market. The bu- has the anybody bubble actually, burst on Shrinky Dinks? I have never eaten anything out of an easy bake oven. Has anybody? 
No, I think I not had, once. I think I had a, a small, a small uh, cupcake of some kind. Okay, so can it make an actual cupcake, or is it just barely edible? I it's probably barely edible. I, I, it's probably yeah. barely edible. It's I, ima- I always imagined bulb, it tasting bulb, like play doh. I know, I know. That's well. That was sort of my thing was like I thought it was a toy, and then they you put real food in there. I kind of lost me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, no, mom makes the food. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm gonna tell mom. <laughs> uh, All right, we're biggest, gonna watch more of this yeah, next week. I unfortunately <laughs> we're gonna have to watch more of this. Uh, one of the biggest things I noted though at the very end was seeing Bob Forward's name in the credits. Oh, uh, he follows legend. us everywhere. He follows us everywhere. The man, you know, not only did he make the Legend of Zelda cartoon, which I swear to God we will watch on this show one day. Yeah. Yeah, we'll it's, have to. it's also bad. Yeah, um, Did we not do a single episode ever? No, no we've never no. done the Zelda cartoon. Uh, <sighs> we'll have to. But yeah, what else did Bob Forward do? Uh, fucking everything, everything, man. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's just a matter of like, we're, we're in a time where the industry, you would think for how much they're banging these shows out, would be booming. But there are not a lot of people working on these properties. And I think I think the number of people who are willing to say yes to a 50-episode order is pretty small. <laughs> and Bob Forward just churned him out, baby. This guy could churn and burn. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's a small industry if you're one of the people who, like where we saw like Jean Chalapin basically wrote every 50 episodes of Conan the Adventurer. Right, you know, exactly. When, you, when you've cracked the Da Vinci Code for these kinds of shows, <laughs> uh, you are a hot property. Yeah. You're getting work. And well, mm-hmm. and remember the remember the intense sort of like schedule thing that yeah. we, we've talked to the, some of the guys about. Like that was the part that blew my mind was they're they're literally making these shows in real time, like it's Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, you know what the one I was trying to remember that we watched is that he did the He Man and She Rock Christmas special. We watched yeah. ages and ages ago. Yeah, Fuck. baby, incredible. The best writer in the biz, <laughs> Bobby Four Four. Well, All right, let's let's, let's bob do... forward to our sponsor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We I I don't I don't hate saying let's bob forward. <laughs> let's bob forward. Mr. Voy, Mr. Voy, mm-hmm. will yeah. you let me come in? Come come on in. Enter, okay. enter. I enter into your house of twigs and was this vampire rules? <laughs> it's it's big bad wolf rules, I think. I think oh. I'm the wolf. Oh, um, that doesn't matter. Uh, forget all of that. Forget all of I'm, I'm the brick pig sitting pretty over here. You yeah, are well. the brick pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't just call somebody that. Um, Rory, I want you to tell us about our new sponsor. Can you tell us about baloney cones? Yeah, yeah. So, so everybody, get get uh, get ready to have get ready to have your eyeballs pop fully out of your head on this one. Uh, bologna cones, right? So get this, you're making a sandwich and you're putting everything together. It's looking a little flat. Oh yeah, yeah, I've had this before. Yeah, you're thinking who eats who eats something like who eats something this flat? It's it, that's what food goes on. Right, exactly. Yeah. And this bologna is the shape of a plate and I mm. eat three-dimensional i eat in all three dimensions right like why does ice cream get all the excitement (laughs) that's right why can't why does it get both depth and width 
<laughs> Great question. <laughs> Famously, the only food to have both. <laughs> to have all three dimensions. <laughs> well, not anymore. Fuck. <gasps> Uh, yeah, from, uh, from, from, now get this, this is, uh, this is a big get, from the creators of Pizone, mm. are, <laughs> are the be good. <laughs> the, the, the bleeding edge of three-dimensional foods, uh, it comes the, <laughs> comes the Pizone Balonicon, uh, and this thing, this thing is dimensional. This thing oh. goes, this thing stacks... This thing, uh, this thing, this, this meat shaped, this meat shaped object that exists not in one, two or three dimensions, but in all four, uh, well, we perceive it to be a, but a cone. It, this is, uh, this is a, uh, fuck. What's the name of that bottle, Andy? What's the bottle? A Klein bottle? This is the Klein bottle, baby. This, <laughs> <laughs> this baloney, this baloney has no beginning or end. <laughs> And it is wide, or deep, or Yeah, tall. this baloney has a first name, and it's W-I-D-E. <laughs> your sandwich, your sandwich is gonna look, your sandwich is gonna look like the event horizon of a black hole, and you get to chow down on that baby in a way that only, uh, up to now, four-dimensional space monsters have been able to enjoy their baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Why should they have all the fun? Why should they have all the fun? Sandwich eating so, astronomers can only dream. No, and that's and that's why and that's why we uh, we love to support the Pizone and all of their and all of their magical creations. Their incredible uh, all necessary their... life saving work that they do <laughs> at Pizone Enterprises. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful, and I can see color. Which you could argue That's I could already normal, do before, but... <laughs> um, but I see it with my mouth. Oh, oh, oh. baloney cones! See color with your mouth. <laughs> it's dimensional. <laughs> it's dimensional. <laughs> Thanks, Rory. Thank you. We're back with another dirty boy, another another slimy animal uh, from space, mm-hmm. and it's Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars, uh, a show that exists. Uh, they <laughs> yes. got 
for what, like eight to 10, 13 episodes? Um, well, I feel like it was more than that, right? It no, is, uh, is that all? Oh, no, I didn't know this. 13, I didn't know that it has 13 only 13 episodes. episodes. That's it. Yeah. Wow. It basically, you know, they were trying to get this thing off the ground. And well, I think the original comic was only like six issues. Yeah, I don't know comic, how many pages were in each, but it doesn't seem to be much. Um, it seems like there's never really been a huge uh, fan base for this. I mean, the biggest fan base is probably the game. Uh, probably. Which came out, I think, after the show. Um, and yeah, it might, might be its only real enduring legacy for the people that remember it. Um, I mean, we remember it because I do, and you've all heard it already. I do love this theme. It's 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 a it's noticeable a theme. It's eventful. it's got great it's got great lyrics. Uh, it's fun. It's like pseudo rap, right from the early nineties. And it's yes. I don't know. It has I a always, fun energy. I have appreciation whenever a theme song manages to be both fun and good. Uh, all right, let me rephrase. Manages to be both really. You know, it's a, it's a catchy earworm. It's fun. It, and still very much a cartoon children's theme song. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not yeah. mature music. It's just fun. It's just a yep. fun tune. Just a fun little banging tune for babies. I yes. just love how much they try to poochie up this property with the theme uh-huh. song. Because it doesn't really fit with what the show actually ends up being. Uh, when yeah, they reasonable. describe Bucky O'Hare as the funky fresh rabbit... Uh, he's not think, funky nor fresh it, no nothing about Bucky O'Hare is funky fresh I mean he's he's fine as a lead character I but having only seen this intro and then watching the show he's no Lando he's well, no Lando cover no I mean I was bracing for Bucky to be sort of a poochie type yeah, totally. yeah. I, was, I was expecting him to be a tryhard to almost like a, a, a rude dog even you know like I expected <laughs> him to be copping a major toad uh, that he was going to come and, in like a Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I, again, that he was going to be one of these rude 90s characters, mascot characters. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of just like a sort of earnest, uh, serious leading man who... Who has who, perpetual who mad Who just face. happens to be a dirty space <laughs> dirty space rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he but is he's, always angry. That's, the, that's, what, that's what throws me off. Even when he's sort of speaking a somber line or like kind of doing some other vibe, he has... The scowliest facial expression, and it feels like it's frozen in place. Like yeah. his face doesn't emote very much. I it, wonder. It, it makes it hard to it, it, uh, identify or like empathize with him as a main character. I like yeah. all the other characters more. If his character design was not just a sort of an angry green rabbit wearing a captain's co- you know, like a weird like captain of the Titanic sort of costume. Uh huh. Um, I, I wonder if this show wouldn't have, or or the property itself wouldn't have gone further because the Bucky character just isn't that cool looking. Yeah, and no, I here I, I don't want to get too into it. You need to read us a synopsis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. yeah. Um, I will I will do that. Uh, we watched the first episode. It is called War of the Warts Part One. Um, and it goes Bucky O'Hare and the Righteous Indignation Crew. That's his ship. Learn that the Toad Empire has taken over his homeworld, Warren, like where rabbits live, um, and <laughs> must travel there to investigate. Meanwhile, an Earth boy named Willie DeWitt enters Bucky's universe, but using an experimental device. Yeah. Yeah. This is so an isekai, baby. It, it is kind <laughs> of an isekai. It's basically Inuyasha. Uh, because... 
in Inuyasha, the thing I loved about it was the fact that uh, the Kagome could kind of come and go as she wished. Right. She, yeah. That the the magic well she falls through isn't a one way portal, and she spends three hundred episodes trying to get home. It's like, oh, actually, this goes both ways, and I can just kind of go back home whenever I want. Uh, and that's interesting. I like it when shows do that. I think that's really cool. Um, but this show, uh, like we alluded to earlier, is not really a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It it is full of animal people, uh, who are who are doing action moves. But it's really a Star Wars show. Um, it is. Yeah. In the way that Biker Mice directly name dropped Turtles, this show name drops lightsabers at one point. It's yes, like, oh, it's exactly. a lightsaber. It's in the same way that like, hey, look, this is where this is where we're pulling all of our inspiration. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't have to think too much further about it. Look out, it's got a lightsaber. Don't shoot. It's, it's only flashlight and friendly. I think one of the things I kind of appreciate about the show is that uh, all of them do have different roles on the ship. Yeah. And we kind of see them doing those different roles. Like there's an engineer, there's a gunner, you know, like all, all uh, like Bucky's the pilot, but he doesn't do a lot of the most interesting stuff when they get into fights. Like he's right. just kind of driving the ship and sort of like keeping it going. Yeah. Um, because And because most of the comic that was written uh, was adapted, as far as I can tell, adapted pretty faithfully. Uh, and a lot of the plot of the comic is in full display here, uh, that mm-hmm. there is a lot of complexity right off the bat that we are jumping into characters that have kind of been fully fleshed out by somebody else. So, you know, we're getting strong takes from characters. We're kind of seeing exactly what they do and who they are. Um, I kind of get I, a sense of who they are. Um, I just wish that it wasn't. My biggest beef with this show is that I would have been way more on board with its story elements if it hadn't been just sort of like thrown in in a stir fry with a bunch of high octane, fast nonsense bullshit. Yeah, there's totally so true. many toad ships flying around, exploding, yelling, angry, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, we need to go see the Council of Genus and burn down by this explosion, explode. Yeah. Like, like it's it's hidden. They're like they're they're hiding their story underneath a bunch of fuckery. And I, I, I wish they didn't do that so hard because it makes it hard to love this show. Yeah, they're trying to get to a certain point that I imagine was in the comic that is just not really cleanly done at episode one. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. This is, you know, again, they are, they are dropping a lot and I'm just, I was really just mostly thrown by how much I enjoyed some of it. <laughs> I, 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 in like tabbing <laughs> when you expected through, to enjoy none of it, I expected to enjoy none of it. I was tabbing through and I saw the first scene is this like frog commercial, which I is do like, I love it warts there's like the the, the frog enemies that are the toads i guess the toads are the big evil empire stand-in and they sit around watching uh frog commercials where that are gross and talk about <laughs> having warts everywhere and remember warts galore is the only wart cream that guarantees to give you gorgeous new warts or your money back yeah i they're <laughs> The toad culture is supposed to be like extremely commercialized, like highly 
capitalist culture, and which is why they don't watch TV shows. All the TV they're watching is ads. It's just commercials, I, yeah. I love the other ad in this fucking episode. It's so funny. The words in this ad are, are exquisite. Brought to you by Flam, the compressed fly loaf made only with grade-A jumbo flies. No gnats, no beetles. Simply pure mashed-up flies delicately pulped into a thick, gooey, nutritious loaf. <laughs> you know, it's Delicately funny. pulped is incredible. <laughs> this episode was written by Christy Marks, who wrote our uh, first two Conan the Adventurer episodes that oh, we watched. Nice. Christy wrote like nice. the whole first season of Conan. Yes, she did. Uh, and then she also did this. It's a very different, uh, very different <laughs> yeah. tone from Conan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to let this show off the hook. Like, sure, sure. It's, it's, it's bad. Like, I'm not going to, I think there's nuggets in there that are really interesting. I do want to watch more because this is part one of like an intro sequence and maybe the show's not quite the show yet. Obviously, our little tiny preteen isekai boy has only just really joined the crew and we haven't seen what that dynamic looks like yet. And like, I, I, I don't know, but it's just... Something about it. I mean, Rory, you clearly hate it. Like, hate is not wh- strong, or not a, a hate is too strong. I just thought it kind of. I thought that it kind of. Uh, it glanced it, off you. It glanced off me. I thought they like, like you said, the the ad, the ads were funny. Um, I I, I found this boy tremendously annoying. Oh, will uh, he do it? Yeah, you guys didn't. You guys didn't think he was just like yeah, he's, he's television not, poison, he, TV poison. No, I was expecting to hate Willie Dewitt, and I wound up not fully hating him, partially because, uh, because the way that the show sets it up is is we're getting this deep space opera, uh, battle sequence with with all the the animals on on Bucky's ship because this is the universe, so it's like an animal space universe, and so like each uh-huh. planet has like different animals on it i guess um and he's saving a bunch of other hairs from like a prison ship blah blah yeah. blah. I, I did like that the, he's not the main character although he does get a little bit of protagonist treatment but it still felt like like when he shows up and bucky's questioning him and he's like i did i don't i just showed up here i don't know anything about your world and yeah um uh, i'm a little boy <laughs> just a little boy yeah I don't, <laughs> yeah we kind of funny but I just, I just, I found him still kind of, uh, I don't know, uninteresting. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I'm more interested in like the way that he's been set up because we, we bounce back and forth between this, you know, the space opera and Willie DeWitt in Earth, uh, school, uh, where yeah, he's it's getting just, bullied. Apropos of nothing, like, like 10 yeah. minutes into the episode, it's like, and San Francisco, a little boy is bullied. Yeah. <laughs> never miss a single question in math or science. That makes it real hard for the rest of us to squeeze by. But I like math and science. It's easy. It cuts back to his home life and immediately we get we get the show. It's sort of hard to tell, at least looking at other episode synopses, it looks like they're going to do some climate stuff. But it is established that Willie's parents are... Uh, 1991 uh environmental activists that they're like san francisco liberals that make him eat tofu burgers and he's like yes <laughs> don't you like the tofu burgers willie i'm not very hungry what's the matter son <laughs> and and they're like all right well we're off to go you know 
save the ozone layer. Chain to a tree. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's funny because it feels like if, if Willie's the one who doesn't like his like liberal environmental parents, it feels like the show is dunking on them. And yeah. I don't know, being, knowing what we know now, seeing like a show at that time making fun of like saving the environment feels like, I don't know. It oh, feels like, uh, like if you were, if you were making fun of people who didn't get on the Titanic, like, uh, dude, <laughs> you idiot. This is going to be an awesome ship. You see how many smokestacks? Look so at this awesome I, boat. I think there's actually a nuanced take here because of how they portrayed the toads and, and how they're very much, uh, you know, representative of American greed. I think, I think the show is on the side of the parents, but is dunking specifically on a, on hippie parents because hippie parents were often full-blown goofballs mm-hmm. oh sure yeah it's just it's it's hard to i'm not sure what i'm supposed to take away from that first scene where they're basically but like these were these were parents. not these were not like cool 90s eco-terrorist parents right <laughs> well, maybe, they're like it seems eat like your they tofu are. they're just like eat your tofu yeah. yeah but then they're off to a rally they're like we got to go to a rally and leave their child at home to you I, know yeah you're, do you're dangerous I, I, science experiments I, I got hippie parent vibes from them i didn't get like radical like you know letting monkeys out of out of labs kind of uh-huh. Characters. Can I say my favorite part of of the pre the pre teleportation Willie Dewitt backstory is when he is getting bullied by those kids. I, I fuck up was, the curve, man. Yeah, it's like <laughs> such a weird re- like reversal of the normal interaction you expect because in any other type of media like this, they're gonna be like, "Hey, you're good at science, you fucking nerd. You better let us copy your paper, or we're gonna beat the shit out of you." But no, they don't want help. They just want him to tank and get an F because I guess he sets the curve, maybe. And that's really funny <laughs> yeah. because maybe they get B's and they want A's, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't, it's funny. It's really funny to me. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I don't know. There's, there's, there's gems. There's little that's gems. That's the thing in here. is I found so many little like meaty morsels in this that wasn't <laughs> reference humor, you know? It's like, uh, we, we get, uh, we get a character named, uh, Jenny. Who uh, yes, I don't know. Psychic. Don't, she is a psychic. She apparently has mind powers. Uh, she's a cat, and there is a line where she walks into a room, and the guy, uh, the enemy toad, was expecting their Beetlejuicy and a Berserker baboon. Uh, this like <laughs> angry monkey who's their engineer on the ship. Uh-huh. Uh And this toad was expecting him, and he's like. <laughs> It's okay. She's only a cat. We thought you was going to be a berserker baboon. <laughs> what a relief. I do believe I'm being insulted. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it was, it was kind of fun. It was like a nice, like passive statement from her, uh, which again, I'm not expecting much from these like single you know, the one woman character on a ship and, you know, or on a team. Yeah. And, oh, my God, I was waiting for the moment where it was clear that either her and Bucky had, were, or are involved or potentially going to be involved. But, no, she kisses up on preteen Willie DeWitt when he yeah. saves <laughs> the day. She kisses the preteen boy. Yeah. What's going on there, little yeah. cat woman? You she's, seem adult, don't you? Robbing the cradle a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with you. Yeah. Are you reading his mind while you do this, you psychic lady? What's happening? Yeah. A little worrisome. Uh, 
I well, let's just say this out loud. The the way that this happens that Willie DeWitt gets on there is that for some reason he has in his uh in his bedroom created a uh, a particle accelerator, a, a photon accelerator. And right before he activates it, he's recording a video and he says, Mom, Dad, you should hear this recording. Remember, I did it in the name of science. <laughs> and and he activates it at the same time that the photon accelerator on Bucky's ship, like, you know, is about to, like, completely fuck up. And, and they both, I don't know, they entangle. Something weird happens. And it's kind of neat. Um, Willie's bedroom door appears inside the ship's engine room. Yeah, Monsters, Inc. style. Yeah. And what I wasn't expecting is that the relative size of these animals was respected. So preteen tiny boy Willie DeWitt walks out of the door and he's taller than everyone else. <laughs> I didn't actually it's notice weird. that. It's very weird. He has boy proportions, like little boy proportions, but he's taller than the captain and it's very odd. It's sort of a slightly I, I, smaller alternate universe. <laughs> like visually, I found it kind of fascinating. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So now there's just forever this uh, this door on uh, on the ship, and he can kind of go back and forth between the worlds. And now he's going to go off and be a fun hero in in uh, in the universe. Yeah. There's also the reason that he is so desperately needed on the ship is because the previously mentioned Beetlejuicy and Battle Baboon, uh, what's his name? Like Bruce or something? It was it was Bruiser. The first one was Bruiser and he died and they replaced him with another baboon named Bruce. <laughs> well, the the I guess in the comics, the character dies. But in this, they say he got sucked into. He doesn't die, but he's been sort of trapped inside the engine or, or inside this. Yeah, uh, he's, their own he's voiped. Yeah, um, he's been troned, uh inside their own uh, uh, particle accelerator. And uh, I don't know. It's like to see to see a member of the crew like kind of bite it, uh, yeah, like that, and that they're like somber, and it's like feels like a war that has stakes, and not like a, a GI Joe confrontation where they just sort of shoot lasers at each other until they decide they want to go home. Uh, I, I, you know, it just again a lot of it struck me as different, and I think that's from the comic book. You know, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Here, if... I'm putting an uh, I'm putting an image in our chat just so that you can see uh, oh, the relative yeah. heights as Willie leaves his door. Yeah, he's fully a head taller than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a boy. He's a little boy. Yeah. There's also and he's a... got he's he's also got baby dimensions, right? So it's it's yes. height, it's heightened. He's got he's his head is the size of his torso. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> looms over them. Uh, there's a character who doesn't work for me on the main crew. His name is Dead Eye Duck. And he's sort of. Oh, you the, don't like him? Well, I don't know. He's fine. He's just. He, sometimes he has a southern accent, and then sometimes he says me like a pirate instead of my. Yes. The and accent. I don't really know what he's supposed to be doing. The accent is all over the place. And it's very strange. Apparently, in the comic, he's supposed to have a Scottish accent, and they went with a southern accent that they say they went with a southern accent, but it's not consistent. Bucky, if they've gotten wise, they're staying clear of me shooting zone. <laughs> That's the way, Captain. Nothing can escape old dead ass sights now. You know, like a Georgia pirate. Yeah, <laughs> like a Georgia pirate. Like they kept well, the... Well, if I asked me, Hardys. They kept the Scottish, like, 
text and then I do declare I'm overboard. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to port. <laughs> uh, there's one other thing that I want to mention on this show. So that I don't I don't know where this is going necessarily, but it's potentially interesting. They um they're clearly out there fighting, you know, the titular toad wars. Uh, but it's just their ship. It's just the righteous indignation against all the toads, the evil air marshal, the like, I guess, AI robot leader of the toad civilization. They're complex. all fighting just yeah, complex. They're just fighting Bucky and this and this crew. And so they save some hairs and they decide to go talk to the Council of Genus. And it's like this bureaucratic, like civilian council of other animal representatives. And they're kind of doing a Harry Potter, no Voldemort isn't back, you sillies, there's no way kind of denial mode. Yeah. And they they want proof that the toads really are a problem before they decide to support this war and give him more like ships or whatever. Yeah, I call bullshit on that. The, the idea that they're in an active war zone, there are like slave boats that have all of these <laughs> and they, and they, they, they talk to a council like, mm, I don't know, where's the proof? Like what, what more? <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. If this was a cold war, if this was sort of like a, you know, subterfuge and, you know, uh-huh. then, then I can get. Thinking, mm, we're gonna need. Oh no, we're but we're proof. dependent on the Toad Empire for animite crystals. Totally. Like, there's nothing yeah. happening there, right? Like, they just don't believe it because they're scared. They're pigs or whatever. Like, my dear Bucky O'Hare, of course we'd love to give you more ships, but to justify the expense of more ships, we need documented evidence of the full Toad atrocity. No, you don't. Fuck you. Fuck you, and fuck this whole idea. But yeah, I don't know. It's part one of what looks to be a three-part show intro, whatever that means, right? It's only 13 episodes, and they spend three episodes with the setup. Yeah, I get the <laughs> sense that we've already learned everything that we need to know for the the I agree. status quo. I think this sets up the status quo from here, and then further on, I don't know. The radis quo? The, Ooh. For the, for the rabbit Rabbit quo. <laughs> yeah, let's call it. Sure. Nothing means anything. <laughs> God. Yeah, I don't know. I I like I like the kind of stat like the thing that we've created here where we're going to watch more biker mice to spite Austin and we're going to watch more toad wars to make Rory more bored and I'm going to sit here <laughs> and eat fine. popcorn. I'd watch, I'd watch again. I'd watch the next episode. I'm fine with it. Yeah, we'll do a little more. This might be a twofer. We'll see. We'll see if we're done with our little, our our nasty boys. But uh, let's go debrief and wrap up, yeah? Let's go. Ooh, my fur is just covered in sludge. Yeah. Somebody get the squeegee, baby, because I am nasty. I think, fittingly, this may be one of our messier episodes uh, <laughs> to match. Um, no, it has a great energy, Austin. This yeah. is that freedom, that, that free energy that I've been yearning for on this podcast. My, oh my, this garbage sludge is giving me <laughs> the vapors. <laughs> Oh, it's time to rock and ride. 
boy. Yeah, we're uh, the our cup runneth over with sludge, and uh, and it tastes good. It tastes it tastes really good. I I think one of the side effects of doing this podcast for so long is that there is we both have an increased tolerance, but like also kind of maybe like a a real hard look at what what's really like what we really feel. So like I could eat this for weeks. But I like intellectually, I know like God is there podcast in in many weeks of this. Yeah, so. yeah, it's funny with um <laughs> with infinite backlog. It's kind of easy because you've always got a few different reference points about like where something falls on how much you're enjoying it. Yeah, with this, it's kind of like, do we watch more? Do we do it again? <laughs> we could, we could. <laughs> yeah, in some ways, I agree with the with the. You know, our tolerance, our barometer is different, but also there's that that way in which that now I know what it's like to go five weeks on Exo Squad or something, you know, like uh-huh. now I know how deeply upsetting it is to go long <laughs> on a show that is not good. <laughs> and, Sometimes uh, it helps when we bring friends in to make it make them upset, too. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know why I just had such a violent response to uh to, <laughs> to, biker, to, mice. to biker mice we could cut it off we can cut it off and no, you know maybe save, save more buck save more bucky for later i look i i had a good time with with the trash in biker mice but i am not this is this is not this is not my little big horn <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna i'm not gonna defend this ill if I, I didn't like it then i'm fine with just walking away no i think at this point we I think do we one. have to plumb one additional depth, you yes. know, and see what happens. <laughs> I, I enhance would, zoom enhance. I would love to know what these shows are like beyond episode one. Um, when we're really deep into a back catalog. Um, yeah. How far I'm does Biker Mice that. go? Does, does Biker Mice continue to just like, oh, in this one, they're doing a, a Godfather episode and they've, you know, are, is this their, is this squid police? <laughs> no, sorry, fish police. Oh my god, I like squid police. Squid no. police is—it's your fan fiction that you got confused with real life. Yeah, that happened again. You know All what? That maybe, fan art that you did, guys. Maybe that's why I felt so violently upset at Biker Mice because it kind of feels like fish police. It does have. It, I get that. I can get that. It I has totally fish police it. energy in the incessant reference humor and low effort uh, derivative content. It's just. Uh, uh, it kind of feels like I have to watch Fish Police again, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, violently thrashing around, wishing. If this I is any, <laughs> if this is any indication of of uh, whether or not Biker Mice grows a story, episode thirty three, uh, the mice and Charlie must travel to Kansas to stop Limburger from stealing all the grain from the nation's bread basket. Jesus. <laughs> So probably not, but is that what we're, is that what is that what we're calling like the heartland is the nation's bread? <laughs> the nation's basket? bread or are basket. they saying that, are they saying that there's some literal enormous <laughs> like grain silo week that we call <laughs> <laughs> where we keep all our grain? I have found I found a lot of cartoons end up doing that, whether it's intentional or not. That where they <laughs> something is metaphorical, like a bread basket, or there's like there was a show that talked about like the war chest, and then it's like an actual chest, but it's uh-huh. like you know the the war chest of the war, and it's like a you know a real physical chest, and it's like did the writer <laughs> think that's what it was, or are they 
are they just going for a, a metaphorical thing? I would not think be surprised that the bread basket they, is a real. Yeah, but you can't keep grain in a bread basket and go right through the weed. It would. <laughs> it super would. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fucking. I mean, if okay. it's wicker. <laughs> <laughs> that bread basket's wicker, man. We all know this. No, y'all, y'all. Episode 46, Cycle Centaurs. Limburger produces villains using DNA from the mice and combines it with material from their bikes, making mouse motorcycle-like centaurs called Cycle Tars. <laughs> that's pretty good. Cycle Tars. Now that's, pretty good. Now, that's I what I call content. I take back every bad thing I've said about <laughs> mice from Mars. I'm back in. All right, we're going to figure out what we're doing next week. But right now, I think we just have one thing to say. We're definitely watching those cycle tars. <laughs> <laughs> Next Tuesday. <laughs> Bob forward. Yeah.